I, I feel it's really important to clarify what we're talking about when we use that word ego, because just like words such as love or God, these words can have multiple interpretations and you can have a conversation with someone and be talking about a different thing, but think you're on the same page, think you're talking about the same thing. So that might not necessarily be such a bad thing in everyday conversation, but when we start to look at these aspects of ourselves, um, the aspects that we label ego, I think it's really important that we are talking about the same thing and that we, ha- we have a shared understanding, a common a common understanding about what we're talking about exactly when we use that word because if we're embarking on any sort of uh, self-growth or self-understanding work, self-discovery work, that's, I mean, that's a huge part of what Beers for Being is all about, is diving down deep and finding your core self or your true self separate from the uh, fearful thoughts or judgmental thoughts about yourself or other people. So if we're gonna if we're gonna dive down to those depths, we have to know um, how to navigate uh, this thing that keeps coming up in all these different self help books called the ego. That's that's why I embarked on this little journey to clarify, hopefully, what it is we're actually talking about because so many people are talking about it and I just wanted to see if we all knew what we were talking about or if we're talking about the same thing. So I decided to go out and talk to a range of different people. Um, I was in the area of Fremantle, Western Australia. It's a really nice place to live actually and some really nice people to be found. Um, Just so happens that there's quite a few people who want to talk about the ego there. So yeah, if you want to get some new perspective on what you're calling the ego and just see what other people are calling the ego, stay tuned. This is a really, really uh, interesting little episode. And after having gone through it and edited this episode, I've... uh, updated my own definition of what the ego is and and found it uh, quite helpful. Yeah, here it is. See, ego is self, the narrative I create to, I guess, yeah, I guess it's a narrative that, you know, I create in my mind as a reason for my existence, maybe. And that narrative, that existence can compare to other existences, maybe. Maybe that's where ego can come into play I find in society we are competing with each other constantly and uh, I think ego really puts the okay I'm going to progress instead of us as a community can progress so so are you saying ego is connected to your sense of community as well or you mean how do you mean like you progress so I progress and community progress is that what you're saying 
Yeah, so I think, um, you know, your ego can be based on your life goals, um, the the things you want to, um, you know, accomplish in your life are around this kind of, how can I accomplish this over, if you're part of a community, how can this community come together and accomplish something? Okay. So it's more focused on what you're going to accomplish Okay, rather than a community effort or like a collective or a sh- You're right. Okay. What's your definition of what the ego is? Um. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's something that people talk about it a lot. They use that word. I feel when, like, I don't use that word much, but because I don't really know the meaning. But whenever I've used it, it's like, like, oh, if that person has a lot of ego, it's like they feel in a very high position, putting others low, in a low position. But I don't know if that is it, you know? I feel everyone has a different, you know, you you start to grow up and everyone is like, oh, the ego. And you're like, oh, my God, I have to pretend I know what that means. Yeah, ego. And then you use that word, whatever, you know. <laughs> and then everyone just keeps using it. To me, it's who you are in the sense of your personality, your character, all the experiences that you grew up with, all the kind of you know, subconscious programming that happened when you were absorbing all these lessons and feelings and messages from people, that kind of contributed together to form this thing that we call the ego. The ego, you know, we, it's, in a sense, it's like the vehicle through which we live life. I mean, it's, it's not to be escaped. There might be negative and positive aspects of your ego, depending on your conditioning, depending on your upbringing. So maybe maybe the ego is a little computer program operating the computer. And maybe we're the computer with the operating program, but then through the program we can understand that, oh, someone built the computer, you know? You know, and there's like, there's the three, man. There's like the three things, you know, the Trinity. It's like this that I use, me, the middleman, I use this thing called the ego to understand myself as not just the ego. And then, well, that means something else. Oh, well, there's something else. Like one step back, you know? Wow. So, wow. So there's the ego, which is the program. Yeah. And because we're aware of the program, we realize we're not the ego. Not just the not yeah. just not just the ego, but it's a program running on our system, or a computer. A computer, yeah. which is, I think, what you're calling like consciousness. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that sounds maybe. Good. <laughs> let's, yes, go, let's go with that. But because you're aware of now, you're aware of consciousness thanks to the ego you become aware that there's something else that's created consciousness. I was just thinking now, in Spanish, it feels like it 
um, comes from selfish. Because selfish in Spanish is egoísta. So it's egoísta and then you have the ego. Similar in English. So we have ego, egotistic or egotistical. Oh, okay. And ego. <laughs> so for me, what I've come to understand about the ego is that it's, it's a part of who we are. It's, it's an important part of our psyche. And I think just like things like our heart, things like our past, you know, they're just, it's something, it's a part of us that needs our love, care and management rather than trying to carve it away like a lot of people in society do. Oh, I don't like my nose, I'll carve it away, you know. It's, it's, it serves a really, really important purpose. What I, what I really like is the definition that it's a self-preservation function. Um, and where people get confused is that they don't realise that the, the ego isn't some clever, manipulative energy. Um, it's some aspect of yourself that gets established when you're really young. It's just the programming of it's really simple, so it fills up really fast. So it fills itself up with all of the stuff that happens to you really early in life. And then it just runs that program constantly. If you're not conscious of what the program is that it's running, you just keep acting out in these particular patterns or behaviours or whatever without knowing why. And they become redundant. They become redundant really quickly because life changes and we change and, and we grow and our environments shift and, and all of a sudden we're, we're responding to something defensively um, or with a weird addictive behaviour or, I don't know, something. Um, and we don't realise that it's because something happened when we were six or seven or, or five or four or three and our ego is like, ah, this is how I respond in this because it's how I protect myself. Because the ego's function is to protect you. And it's, it's just your best friend. It's just a very, very simple best friend. And so sometimes you have to take it in hand and say, hey, we don't need that bit anymore. We've grown beyond that now. So, so maybe um, I'll just pay attention and when you get that wrong next time, I'll remind you that that's wrong and I'll try and tell you what's right. How can people come together in a union and work on something instead of it just being a, I want to succeed in this, I want to fulfill this dream. Um, how can we give up that self and allow others to um, kind of share, share these goals? Have you got any tips for how to let go of that individual self? I actually prefer that <laughs> to the word ego. Yeah, um, don't react. That's a really hard thing to do. But if someone brings something to you, whether it be drama, whether it be a certain conversation, listen without response because your ego wants to respond, you know, in um, from your existence. You know, you're, you're reflecting your existence whenever you communicate with people. And that is your ego. You know, it's, this is my story. This is how I've grown up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I think that's the part I find a bit unsettling. Because I can sit here on the couch and look around at people and, and make these stories about them in my head, right? And put myself above them or below them. Okay, so I'm doing it and it's all in my head and no one is aware of it. So it's all internal. And so I'm having this big like value up and down game in my own head. 
and comparing certain attributes of myself to people like, oh, I can, uh, like, oh, I run a podcast, so I'm probably more important than that guy who doesn't even look like he has friends. You know what I mean? And I don't think I've actually had that thought, but that's a, that's a possibility. Or like, oh, I listen to the someone playing the piano. I'm like, oh, I could probably play a little bit better than that. You know, and that kind of elevates me. But what, for what gain? Like, why, why am I doing that? Like, I'm... It's a way of making ourselves feel better so we don't feel that bad, you know? Why, why do we feel bad? Like, why do we have to make ourselves more important than someone else to feel good? Well, I'm not saying that's the way. I don't say that's what we should do. It's like a natural thing that it comes easier. So I, get, I think it's good to learn how to do it, like how to make yourself feel better without putting yourself in a higher place. How do you do that? <laughs> uh, you can laugh <laughs> um, hmm I don't know I don't know what to answer about that I don't think it's a negative thing I, it the ego itself in my mind can't really be labeled um, positive or negative you actually need to go into your ego to look at it, explore it, get a feel for it. When I ask myself the question, who am I? Part of it, a large part of it is exploring my ego. Um, when you step back for a second and say, you know, who am I? Or, you know, what am I thinking? What am I feeling right now? Who's the one that's doing that? You know what I mean? It's strange when you really think about it for a second. I'm here right now, I'm feeling things, I'm talking, you know what I mean? But I can actually stop for a second and reflect on what's happening right now, this whole conversation. In a sense, I can kind of step outside of myself and outside of this conversation. Another way to put it is, I might, I might get really pissed off in a certain moment, but I am not that anger. I might be really happy and really ecstatic in another moment, but... I'm, I'm not that happiness either. The more I think about it, if, I'm, if I think about, okay, what am I? Like, who am I? What am I? I say right now, you know, maybe I'm feeling a bit bored, but I'm not that boredness, am I? Like, I'm thinking, I'm confused, but I'm not that confusion. You can kind of go through this process one by one. It's, it's like a meditative process. I mean, you ask yourself, like, who am I? And you, you just go through everything that's kind of, you know, crossing your consciousness. Oh, okay, I'm irritated. Oh, I just had to remember of my breakfast there. Or, oh, you know, what am I going to do tomorrow? Oh, I'm really worried about that thing. You just see all these thoughts and feelings kind of flood by. You can ask yourself, am I that? No, I'm not that. Am I this thought? No. Am I, am I this habit? No. Huh. You keep going and eventually you get to this point where it's just, I am imagine the idea where we're all these little bubbles, you know, these little bubbles, universes, and I'm my universe, da -da -da, walking around, and uh, yeah, I bump into your universe, you know, and then these little universes interact. I think the the ego's out of line where it's, where I'm really trying to just 
get you into my bubble, man. Like, you got to see how awesome this bubble is. Have I told you about how awesome my bubble is? You can't see? Well, let me tell you, right? And I forget that we're, we're all our own little little universes, you know? And then you see people that, what? Oh, that guy's got a big ego. You know, what does that mean? Well, it just means that he's trying to get everyone into his bubble, you know, and trying to like, check my bubble. And that, that's okay, you know, because maybe, maybe, huh, yeah, maybe we need like big ego uh, people with uh, big attitudes that uh, really force their way in and around people. Because um, maybe then everyone else around them sort of learns from that, you know. It's not something we can like chase away, bro. It's not something we can fight. Because then you're just losing, you know, by fighting it. It's like running away from fear is never going to work because the fear's inside, you know. You can't just ignore it, ignore it, ignore it because it's always going to be there. Unless you actually say, hello, you know, wow, you're really scary. Why are you scary? Stop being scary, you know. Let's let's work this out and stop scaring each other. Mm. Like that's how I see the ego. It's like it's not something you can just fight and defeat. It's something... Something you gotta love, bro. You know, you gotta like be friends with it, because it's never gonna go away. I don't think like I don't know, obviously, but like I don't think that like Buddha or Jesus or um, Eckhart Tolle or any of these people that, at least for me, have like seem to have had it down and they sort of had some answers. But I don't think they ever got rid of their ego. They just sort of learn to be at peace, you know? Like, oh, yeah, you're here. Cool, me too. Let's let's go that way together, you know? I get that sense as well. It's, yeah. it's more like they've learned how to integrate it yeah. and be friends with it, as you said, yeah. than to uh, eliminate it or kill it. And people talk about ego death. Yeah. You know? Like, what? <laughs> what is that? I don't think that... It, well, I don't think that'll... That's the answer for me. And obviously, it's everyone's different, you know? But I... I can't kill it. I don't think. I'd rather just be friends with it, you know. I find it hard to, like I say, like come with, come to it and approach it with love, right? Because it's easier just to say, nah, stuff this. Like I gotta kill this motherfucker. I gotta like get rid of it, you know. It's easier to do that because that's kind of expected, and that's, I don't know, maybe that's that's the way most of us sort of go through life but to come at a problem which is difficult well is uh, very complex right understanding self and and who is it that's even talking in this conversation like to come at it with like love and compassion that's difficult man it's like and that makes it even more rewarding because <laughs> then you're not like because if you come at it with passion and love it, it automatically is a good thing and there's the sweet reward you're like oh yeah I didn't even have to be like hard on myself or anything it's, you know it's all so frightfully simple but it's, it's so easy to forget so easy to forget I think it just becomes dysfunctional after a period of time I think if you're not conscious of it it becomes dysfunctional um, because it loops behaviours and patterns based on certain things, but those things don't necessarily still exist in your life. Um, and particularly if you're actively trying to grow, 
it stands in the way. Right. Unless you know to address that level of it, I guess. You know, I don't think it's a friend until you make it a friend. So, and you can't make it a friend if you're not aware of it yeah. in the first place. So, Well, you know, when you meet some people and they say, oh, they've got a really big ego or they're really egoic or something. It's, it's that when it doesn't go un unchecked, those sort of self-preservation or, yeah, the self-protective patterns can be become behaviours and the behaviours then you take on board as though they're parts of your personality. Um, so I think it can kind of, I think it can become really dysfunctional in that kind of a sense. Um, but then you're exhibiting behaviours and dysfunctional, I don't know, social attitudes or something that, that really at the root of them are coming from self-preservation, but from this really hidden aspect of yourself that's a long time ago. Yeah. You know, some people are like that, like they always talk over people. Or, um, yeah, the sort of the humby, you know, the humby brag? What is that? that? The humby brag. It's like a fa it's a Facebook term, which is that um, disguising something that you're uh, bragging about inside of a, a seemingly humble statement. So, uh, like when you're really like you're, you're fishing, you're fishing for acknowledgement um, in a way that makes it look like what you're really being is grateful. I suppose something like. Yeah, uh, yeah it's really uh, so blessed, so blessed uh, to be at this, I don't know, film premiere or something with my fabulous celebrity friend. Right. Yeah. Hashtag Hollywood life. <laughs> but I feel like the humby brag is an example of that kind of a thing. It's because that's the voice trying to speak out across the room. That's, that's, um, that's coming from a root of feeling that you need to be the loudest in order to receive acknowledgement or in order to survive you need to be seen, which means at some point you weren't. You weren't heard, you weren't um, heard, weren't seen, weren't heard. Um, and so that egoic part of you is, is telling you that that's what you have to do in order to survive now, in order to be... The, but the situation's changed, circumstances have changed, people around you have changed. And that might still be true in one aspect of your life, but that was true for child you, that doesn't mean that's true for adult you. I feel that there's a shift going on in conversations at the moment around um, around ego and how we live with ego because not so long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, I feel as though a lot of the spiritual community was talking about defeating the ego, ridding yourself of the ego. And there's been a pretty strong shift recently, not even going to say five years ago, really there's been a really strong shift in the last eight months talking around um, befriending the ego and that the ego doesn't go away. As far as I can see and understand about the ego is that the ego is, is, like, um, is like a big eye that looks out, you know, and it, and it basically looks out from the body and it finds evidence, it finds things. But what it looks for is what we tell it to look for. So it's a reflection of who we are. So if someone is, um, their energies on the inside are still immature, or childish, you know, the ego looks out and sees things to support that. So when people say, oh, he's got a big ego, it means that he's got a self-inflated sense of self. So he will always look for things outside to prove how awesome he is. And people can see that and they go, look at this guy, you know, trying to, trying to prove how better he is than other people. It's just being fed. 
So the way you're talking about ego is it's, a, it's actually a very neutral thing that can be yeah. conditioned and shaped yes. to yes. what you want it to be. Yes. So what, what, what do you see that is? Do you see that as a part of yourself, your, your entire self? Because you're also talking about another. You're saying I am, you know, a separate of the ego. It's a, it's a part of my, my psychological makeup. I think the ego is part of our, our psyche. That it's one of these mysterious things that nobody knows why it's there. <laughs> nobody knows how it got there, but it, it does serve a really important function in each of our lives. And like you said, um, that it's a, it's a conditioned element. And I think a lot of people, it's a, a lot of people don't, they don't know really who they are. And this is the process of, of, of waking up, of awakening. When you don't know who you are, all you're doing is following directions. Directions from your family, directions from school, directions from friends. This is how I make friends, this is how I keep friends, this is how I maneuver and manage myself around these people and those people, and this is how I change, and this is what I wear. And if everything else is making your decisions for you, your ego will be receiving those orders from the outside world. So a lot of people's ego is externally driven, which is why, which is why they end up, you know, with behaviors, character traits that aren't, you know, socially pleasing. <laughs> Whereas you can turn that around and go, well, if I actually had the conscious awareness to go, my ego is there and it's looking out, what do I want it to see? What do I want it to find? And when I find when people awaken, they find that they look back and go, shit, what was I feeding my ego? What was I telling it to look for? And a lot of people have wounded egos where they look for situations to feel victimized by. <laughs> you know, the ego has no opinion, doesn't care. It's just a true piece of us that, that is really there to work for us. So on the positive sense, and what I try to do is, when I look out, I train my ego to find all the positive stuff, all the amazing things about life. And what I find is I get more reflections back of who I am. <laughs> yeah, it's really, uh, really nice to hear. Yeah, it takes a lot of um, weight off trying to control things and more, uh, I feel more like I can just accept it as uh, accepted as a part of me just to finish that sentence um, uh, and I'm realizing I'm trying to control things because I'm afraid of them because I don't understand them and my ego is a part of that because I can sometimes feel certain ways with partners with friends that I don't understand and instead of well actually I do sort of dive into these mostly but sometimes it can be so foreign and so strong maybe it's an adverse reaction to something someone said and it like just triggered something from childhood and I feel really you know like whoa and I just think I don't want this person in my life anymore but actually it's not the person I don't want in my life because their intention was not to hurt me they just happened to say the words that triggered this button of my conditioned self. Uh, so it's n their intention was not to hurt me, but I'm being triggered and yeah. And it's a conditioned response to go, oh, what, what has just 
sprung up in my body. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. So I'm going to start shutting down. I'm going to start shutting out, you know, the, um, the source of the trigger. And I'm going to start shutting down myself instead of going, wow, that's an interesting feeling. I wonder why that's there. Yes, it was triggered by this outside source, but like you said, they don't know that they've done it. And it's quite, a lot of triggers are quite innocuous. Smells, thoughts, sayings. Innocuous, innocuous meaning? Innocuous meaning they have no negative agenda. They're just there, you know? And these triggers, you know, when, when we receive the wounding of, of these triggers, they come in with whatever was in our environment. So sometimes we can be conditioned to smells or particularly to tones of voice, to way people say things. And this is the thing, it's not the outside world's fault. You know, there's no fault. All it's doing, the reason why there's a trigger there is there's something that needs to be resolved. There's something that needs to be looked at. And the conditioned response of what I see in society is instead of providing the space to allow it to come up and go, what is it in me that needs to be resolved from this trigger? A trigger is a tap on the shoulder going, there's something not right. There's a loop that needs to be closed here. I need you to hear something. I need you to feel something here. We just go, no, sorry, shop's closed. <laughs> and then we just keep ourselves in that loop over and over and over. Keep dating the right, same people, keep doing this, keep doing that. It's like, just allow yourself to be human and allow the stuff that's bubbling to bubble because it has, it has an end. That brings us to the end of episode 38, What is Ego? And I sound like some kind of radio producer. Uh, Instead of getting all fancy on you, I just wanted to share some of the things I realized uh, after doing this project. Some of the some of the main ones were the ego is not a negative thing. There was a lot of people who shared shared that. I mean you've just listened to the episode so you would have picked that up if you listened to it. If you haven't and you've just skipped right to the end, well you're in luck because I'm about to summarize the main points. And the fact that the ego is just acting and reacting from these conditioned responses that uh, come from our early early childhood and the, the experiences we uh, we have there and, and the, the, the ideas we form of the world and our, and our sense of self. And another interesting point was that the ego only starts to cause some friction uh, within ourselves and other people when when we take our sense of self, our conditioned sense of self to be more important than other people or less important. And I'm adding that less important because uh, that's one I've uh, been struggling with and actually recently it's come up for me, but perhaps that's another episode. So those are the closing thoughts for this episode. Hope you got something out of it. If you did, uh, please feel free to leave a review at beersforbeing.com slash iTunes. And if you don't have an iTunes account, you can head over to the Facebook page at beersforbeing.com slash Facebook. And just share some of your thoughts with me. Share what's working for you. You can suggest a topic, ask me a question, do what you want. Uh, And yeah, that's all for this week. I'll see you next Sunday.